0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: It's Odds and End Zones, a podcast feature of MileHighReport.com. From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time to sweat it out. Here are your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati.
2: Adam, I have a new phrase. A steal from Russell Wilson. Broncos country, let's hide. (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> that almost takes me back to week one right when all the with all the rhymes and all the jokes about that I think I tweeted something similar uh at one point because it was uh it, it was rough after week one and that was sort of it was cute and funny remember how cute and funny week one was oh that's 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 their Super Bowl that's Seattle Super Bowl that's Seattle Super Bowl now well, here we are here we are sitting here watching the Broncos go two and four with an incredible defense and just whatever clown show you want to call the offense. Broncos country, let's hide. Broncos country, let's 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 find a place to put Nathaniel Hackett so that he can't show up to the games and screw it up anymore. I know that doesn't rhyme, but that's kind of where I'm at. I wrote an article. I'm gonna here we go. I wrote an article a couple weeks ago. It was a couple weeks ago now. It feels like forever and a day ago. I said stupidity is killing the Broncos, and and it was. Uh, an article it had some it had some run on on the site. I was pretty proud of it. It wasn't something that I was uh, necessarily going to write, but it was just an idea that that hit me because I've been watching this team struggle the way that they have, and and nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. The stupidity is still there. And uh, not to take this back to the you know just the the Monday night loss in Los Angeles against the Chargers, but they had a full quarter of of solid offense. And the scheme looked right, and Russell Wilson was was moving around, and, and you get a touchdown pass to Dulcich, which is welcome to the NFL, Greg, and your wonderful hair just flowing in the wind, fantastic. And then after the first quarter, they turn back into whatever it is that they think they're supposed to be, which is, I, I liked your description of it, run, run, pass, punt, rip. I mean, run, 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 pass, punt. Run, run, pass, punt. Run, run, pass, punt. That's not what football should be, but that's what it is in Broncos country right now. And if that's what we hired Nathaniel, hired Nathaniel, ah, oh, if that's what we hired Nathaniel Hackett for, count me out, dude. Count me out.
2: Well, and then I wouldn't even say the second quarter because they still had that great drive to get into field goal range. The only thing that's keeping this team again, on offense, at least in the first half of the Chargers game, was finishing drives with touchdowns. But then in the second half, it's just like, I, as I said in the winners and losers column after the game, Nathaniel Hackett and Justin Outen and the offensive coaches are like, we saw what was working. Now let's go do something completely different. And you mentioned the run-run pass. As I, Another line that I had in the winners and losers column was Nathaniel Hackett's offense was as predictable as a Bob as Bob Ross painting a mountain scene. I mean that that's what Nathaniel Hackett is. Yeah. And the penalties without the, the happy trees, right? Without the happy yeah,
0: trees or the happy rocks
2: <laughs> or the squirrels. But it's been 6 weeks and the same crap that was happening the first week of Seattle No, the no preparation, a team that just looks completely unprepared is, has no idea what the hell is going on, especially offensively and special teams, by the way, another punt coverage with 10 guys on the field again, that's the second time this season that that's happened.
0: I wish they would have had 10 guys on the field on that muffed punt, but that's, you know,
2: They can't, the offensive line can't block anybody. Russell Wilson and and Nathaniel Hackett are going together like oil and vinegar. And I mean, it is clear that Russell Wilson is not comfortable in this offense. It's not working. So that's on Nathaniel Hackett to go to the things that Russell Wilson is good at. Look at the first fricking quarter of that game. That's what you do. This isn't rocket surgery. It's coaching football.
0: You know, that actually, let's just jump into the keys to the game because that takes me straight to my key. And, and my key to the game is to get into the classroom and, and get into a high school basic football 101 class. And and I, I say that because, and I'm sure many people who are listening to this saw the Dan Orlovsky tweet and then the segment on, on ESPN where they talked about how the Broncos offense is missing basic high school football stuff. Now, I say this all the time. I am not a a football genius. I don't know the ins and outs necessarily like some people do. I can't study film like other people. But I know putrid when I see it. And the offense has been putrid most of the time. They have the flashes. That first quarter was a flash of brilliance for that offense. But... They refuse to do the little things correctly, and it goes back to the idea of doing your job. And And quite frankly, it seems to me it's knowing what your job is in this offense because I get the feeling that some people don't know what their job is. And so to me, that's my key to the game. My key to the game is go to school. Get back in the classroom. Go to Football 101. Get yourself prepared because you're not going to be successful if you can't do the little basic Everyday things that football players should know how to do from the time they put their pads on and when they're little kids, and that was that as as a as a fan of the team to see uh, an analyst like Dan Orlovsky, who, quite frankly, you kind of if you've been watching him, his rise has been pretty pretty solid. He's got good analysis of what's going on on the field. I kind of respect the things that he does. Yeah, he ran out of the back of the end zone, but I think sometimes those kinds of mistakes make us even stronger. He. He points out the obvious. This football team doesn't do basic stuff. It's it's the NFL, boys. Figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, you don't belong. And right now, it feels like there's a lot of guys on this team that do not belong. And
2: most of them are coaches.
0: <laughs> that was
2: that was the insinuation. I I mean, I just I don't know how you can look at the first quarter, even the first half, and then say, no, nope, we're not going to do that. I, I just, I, I don't know if it's because coaches just get this thing in their head, like, we got to do it this way. This is the way we have to do it. This is the, like, it, it's a, it's a, a, like a D version of the Mandalorian. This is the way, this is the way. We're going to run, run, punt. Run, run. I mean, they might as well. If you're gonna run, run, pass, punt.
0: Just forget the pass because it's gonna be incomplete, and just punt. Yeah, save yourself the potential uh, interception or strip sack or whatever could come from that. And just go ahead and punt the ball. Just move on. I like it. Or, or, I like or where your dirt ball. <laughs> yeah, or or the old bounce pass. God, it's. Uh, you know, it's. I, I just had this moment of uh, déjà vu here. We talked about this with Kubiak. When Kubiak was the coach, if you're if you're a longtime listener of you know the MHR radio podcast, and now here we are with Broncos odds and end zones, it's it's something we've talked about with coaches since the since the Super Bowl win under you know Kubiak with Peyton Manning, and even when when Peyton was the quarterback, Kubiak was trying to fit a, a round peg into a square hole, and it wasn't working, and we were complaining about it then. And we talked about the hubris of a head coach and how to be a head coach in the NFL. You've got to have that um, belief in your system, right? And that was something that we understood, but you still got to be able to adjust. And the great head coaches can adjust and the ones that aren't so great, they can't. I, I, I see no adjustment being made by by Nathaniel Hackett. And that to me is the issue. That's the problem right there is that there is no adjustment. And if there's no adjustment, then you're not going to get any better. And and it's driving me crazy. My key to the game is they have to stop beating themselves.
2: Because until they stop beating themselves, they're not going to beat anybody else. They have to stop committing stupid penalties. And what they're doing is committing stupid penalties. You cannot compete commit 10 penalties in an NFL game and expect to win. You can't have a guy as a gunner blocking a defender into your returner and then muffing the punt in overtime. You can't have an offensive coordinator, head coach, who is basically playing for the tie in overtime. On all the possessions in overtime, we were joking about the run-run, pass-punt. That was literally every possession in overtime. And Nathaniel Hackett has no problem running it for one yard on first down but on third and one, he won't run it. I mean, defensively, this defense is incredible. What a Giro Evero is doing with this defense is just fantastic. Without Josie Jewell, they they didn't have Caden Stearns on Monday. Randy Gregory is out, but Baron Browning, again, had another incredible game. The issue continues to be offense and special
0: teams. If you put and head coach (laughs) and head coach. Yeah. If this, if this offense could put up 20 points, 20 points, they'd win. They'd win. They'd win all the time. They'd win almost every game. They would, they wouldn't have beat the Raiders, I guess, but uh, 20 points. Well, they, they would have because Melvin Gordon fumbled. I'm trying to be trying to be. I don't. You know what? I'm not going to try to be nice to Melvin Gordon. I don't care. There's a, this whole uproar about Melvin Gordon right now, and the fact that he didn't like he lost the job to Latavius Murray for no reason or whatever. Are we just going to ignore the fact that he has been rough and has fumbled so much that it's it's a little bit hard to trust the guy? we we I get it. It seemed odd watching him just sit on the bench. But i, I not to take us into a different direction here, but. Well, we need to go there because I mean, Nathaniel Hackett did he? He's the one who brought all of this about. Of course he. is. Again, of course he is. But I just find it fascinating to me to watch the fans, right? Watching us, right? Turn, turn the, turn the, you know, camera around and point it at us for a minute. We're, I think we're so upset about what has been happening with this team that we are now going to argue about whether or not Melvin Gordon should be getting any playing time or not getting any playing time. I couldn't, I, I couldn't care any less than I already do, just because it wouldn't have mattered. Are you telling me that Melvin Gordon would have made the difference in that game? Is Melvin Gordon going to have won the game for the Broncos against the Chargers? I don't think so. I don't. If no. you switched roles between, he would have fumbled. Well, and even if he hadn't fumbled, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered because the offensive scheme is still bad, the execution is still bad, the play is still bad. So it doesn't matter if it's if it could be me, it could be you, it could be Usain Bolt, who is incredibly fast, from what I understand. It's ain't gonna change nothing. So what are we arguing about? What do people? Why do people care? Focus your anger, people, and it needs to be focused in one very specific location. His name is Nathaniel Hackett. But and it's hard. Whole, I get it.
2: The the, the the whole issue with this is that doesn't communicate with the player who has been benched and Melvin Gordon is a me first guy has always been a me first guy wines does his Eeyore on the on the sideline oh poor me yeah don't fumble in five straight games if you want to get the if you want to play first off do your job don't fumble like that's it but then he goes on Twitter likes all the stuff about Broncos fans whining about, oh, why didn't he get any playing time? Well, first off, Nathaniel Hackett can't trust him because he's fumbled in five straight games and cost his team a win against the Raiders. But the problem is, is the very next day has a talk with him and now on Wednesday is announced as the starter. Goes from being benched, no communication, to being the starter
0: wonderful ship you're running there Nathaniel Hackett you know as, as captains go not, not, not a great look right I think that you could you could honestly say there, there needed to be more accountability there from from the entire group right there's there just there just seems to be a lack of accountability and we, we talked about how a new ownership group was going to come in and then accountability was going to come back and and things were going to change and, and things haven't changed. And, and maybe the process just takes longer than we want it to, or that we, then we thought it was going to take, but sitting at two and four, heading, heading into a game against a team that at the beginning of the season, we thought was going to be a pushover as fans. We looked at this. I, I looked at this and thought, man, we're, we're probably going to be five and one, right? Broncos will be five and one, maybe four and two. You know, they're going to beat the jets. They're going to, they're going to come away, you know, top of the division or one of the top two teams in the division. We were wrong. We were sold we were sold something that is not what we thought it was. And it is the, the, the hopium that we were sold, just to sort of bring back that old phrase, the hopium that we were sold, turns out it's baking soda. And, and it's not doing us any good. And it's it's really just, you know, messing up our sinuses and causing us to be frustrated. And and so it's it's like, what are we doing here? And and I like I know that the next thing I'm supposed to say is who are players to watch are there any players to watch at this point on this team that even matter? I mean, obviously they are. Yeah. Watch the, can we just, can we just watch the defense? Like just turn the game on when the defense is on the field, turn it off when the offense is on the field. You won't have to turn it off for very long. I'll I'll tell you that (laughs) because they're not on the field for very long, but I will say if we're going to go with players to watch and I'm going to try and keep the ship moving forward, unlike Nathaniel Hackett here, if, if you're going to pick a player to watch on offense, and we'll start on offense, I think the obvious place to go is Russell Wilson. And I'm going to take Russell Wilson this week. It's my turn, dang it, because <laughs> it is obvious. And and the reason is for everything that we've talked about. The, this clown show of an offense has been difficult to watch. But when it's good, when it's right, that first quarter, watching Russell Wilson do Russell Wilson things – if they can just say, we're going to do that for an entire game, that would be fantastic. Now, obviously, you've got the hamstring injury. We don't know how serious that is or what's going to happen with that. Uh, but it sounds like it is. If, no, if nothing else, it is going to hinder his ability to move around. So you have to take that into consideration. But even still, to me, he's the guy to watch, unless he doesn't play. And if it's Brett Rippon, watch Brett Rippon. I don't know. Why not? He deserves it.
2: Huh. I... Man, I don't want to get in. Talk about another tangent. There are All people right. actually clamoring for Brett Rippon.
0: I knew as soon as I said Brett Rippon, you were going to have that that backup quarterback controversy, like, th- like knot in your neck that it was going to just like the, the ball in the back of your throat. Yeah.
2: Anyway, my I, there aren't players to watch because it has nothing to do with the players. It's about Hackett. And uh, I mean, Rich Eisen has said it. Colin Coward has said it. Everyone is saying it. Whatever you're doing with your offensive play calling and your game planning, throw it into the trash. Obviously, he's not going to do it because he's a coach and he's got an inferiority complex. And if someone says you can't do it, he's going to be like a toddler and be like, want to bet? I'm going to continue to do it. But I, 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 Nathaniel Hackett, show that you know football. Because right now, it doesn't look like you know anything. And I swear to God, if I hear it's first and foremost, it starts with me, or I have to watch the tape,
0: I'm going to beat my head against my desk. You know what I think that we've discovered? I think we just hate coach speak. Because we spend a lot of time. I was I was talking to a a guy that I work with about. He was he was telling me something that, uh, you know the Bears head coach said and how ridiculous he thought it was. I don't remember what he said that he said, but I thought you know we complain a lot about what coaches say too, but the, the truth is coaches have like standard lines that they say. Think about Bill Belichick for example. Bill Belichick says nothing ever to anyone about anything. He's and he's the master of it. And and you could be a Jag like he is because he wins all the time, and so you get away with it, right? And you look at like a Mike McDaniel. He goes the opposite direction. He says nothing too, but he says it in a very charismatic, funny kind of way that doesn't mean anything but makes you laugh. But he still didn't say anything. And every single coach does the same thing. They say, well, blah, 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 blah. And really all it means is absolutely nothing. I'm not going to tell you anything. I have to be here. I'm only here so I don't get fined. In fact, I would respect that Marshawn Lynch approach far more than I do the, well, you know, we got to do starts with me and I got to be better at this. We got to execute. But of course, yes, it does start with you and you do have to execute. Thank you. I know that. What else you got? But that's what coaches do. So it, it, of course, he's not going to, you know, give us anything real. We haven't heard anything real from a coach in years. When was the last time you heard something real from a coach? Was it Denny Green? They are who we thought they were. Is that it? Was it Herm Edwards? No, you play to win the game
2: it ties in to what needs to happen
0: on Sunday. You can't just plop it out there and expect it to perform oh, like that. Look at that. The old catchphrase, making it, making it come back again. I like it when we get to throw it out there. It is, it is fun. Uh, but you're, you're absolutely right. You can't. I, I, I miss, I miss John Fox. I, I, can you imagine? We live in a world where we would actually be like, yeah, John Fox would be good here. I'd be okay with that. He was good for Peyton yeah, Manning for a I little would. while. He'd From, be better with Russell Wilson. Than I wonder. Daniel Hackett. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's uh it's not it's not good. It's not good. All right, defensive side. You did say watch the defense. I'm actually going to throw a player out there, Justin Simmons. He's not the most exciting guy this year, and you you could probably throw out some guys that maybe are more exciting. But watching him uh, play against the Chargers, you could tell he was a little rusty. And he missed a few tackles, and he wasn't quite in the right place at the right time. I, obviously, that just comes with playing more. It's almost like you know you need a little practice. You need some like some preseason games would help in, in some way. But I, I digress on that because and, and, we've beat that dead horse. But I, I, I'm curious to see how he progresses. Like I just kind of want to watch Justin Simmons and his progression in this defense because I, I really respect the way he approaches the game. And so I'm looking forward to him taking another step in his sort of coming back from injury. So watch Justin Simmons.
2: Speaking of the missed tackles, he wasn't the only one. No, he wasn't. Let's go ahead. <laughs> for my, for my defensive player to watch, Baron Browning. I I think all the talk about Baron Browning and the in the brouhaha from from some people about moving him from middle linebacker to edge. Yeah, I don't think we need to listen to those people ever again.
0: They've, uh, yeah, they've, uh, they've proven that they don't know as much as they think they do, and half as much as they thought. they But did. they'll be like
2: head coaches, and they'll keep doing it.
0: Yeah, hubris is a is a heck of a drug too, because it really does. It just holds on to you. It just it's, it holds on tight. Um, you got a bold prediction for this? Before we get into any like wagers or anything, I uh, again, it's hard for me to want to bet anything for the Broncos. But do you got a bold prediction for this game? I don't have a bold prediction because
2: there's nothing bold about this team. I'll say this. Pat Sertan will go another game where he doesn't give up any receptions.
0: He's had two of them already. this season. That's pretty solid. That's a, I mean, and that's, he's doing his job. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. I I like that prediction. I'm going to, I'm going to give a a bold prediction here uh, on the offensive side of the football. Um, They score a touchdown on their first possession. Holy crap, right? I know. I think I think that they and then score they're not going to do
2: anything else the rest of the game.
0: I didn't want to say it, but that's probably what's going to happen. But I do think they score one touchdown on their first possession. And I and uh, and sadly enough that is bold. I I I just imagine people listening to this being angry with us. About uh-huh. our flippant—is it flippantness? Can I say that? Is that a word? Oh yeah, it's uh, definitely flippant. Yeah, we're uh,
2: because we don't care,
0: and it's but it <laughs> much I like think, Nathaniel Hackett. I think it's it sucks <laughs> that we don't care. It sucks that we've been lulled into this attitude of of beyond the point of frustration. Is it part of the seven stages of grief? Is that what we're doing right now? Are we on? Is this acceptance? Did we reach acceptance? Is that where we are? I, th-
2: I think we've we've we're not bargaining. Reverted- we, we, we reverted back
0: to where we were for the last six years. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, we, all that hype was so wonderful. And, and then now here, here we at are. At least we
2: had that six months of hype. Oh. Speaking of the bets, I told you this before we started recording, the line opened up at DraftKings with the Broncos, a minus one and a half point favorite. And I, I think all of that is because the game is being played in Denver because there is no way on any neutral field on any field home or away that the Broncos should be favored over the jets. And the line has moved to now minus one. Some of the books have it as a pick them. That would make I more say, sense. Yeah. I, I, I would say the only bet to make on this game, I don't care. I will not do props. I will not do anything with this Broncos offense anymore because it is just too unreliable. The bet to make is the under. And the total sits at 38,
0: which is still too high. I was going to say, wasn't it 39 and a half before? I think it was, it's, it's it was 39.
2: High. So that tells you that some sharps went to DraftKings and be like, "Oh, you have it at 39 and a half. I'm going to throw 100 grand down on the under for this game." Which means
0: I, so which Johnny means Avello I at
2: DraftKings, <laughs> Johnny Avello and his other line makers had to move it to 38.
0: Yeah, still too high. Still too high. Still way under. too high. Yeah, I, I can't imagine not taking the under on this one. The, five, the,
2: the By the way, the under is five and one this season.
0: I mean, don't, don't bet against a winner. And apparently the under is a winner. So, I mean, you know, do it correctly. Um, I, I will say this. If you, if you go to my tally site and look at, at how well I've done since I was that, uh, that winner. And I think it was week two that I was the winner or week three, one of those two weeks uh, that the number one picks in the sites, not so good since then. So don't follow me. Uh, I mean, follow me. It's funny to watch. But the fall I'm starting was, to I'm starting to get back
2: into I'm starting to roll back up to the mean after my horrible week one and week two starts. I'm Actually, starting to.
0: Get back into the groove. I didn't check. I didn't check last week's uh, results, so I don't even know where I ended up. I just kind of realized that. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I, I don't th- As I was watching the games, I was going, "Oh, I didn't, didn't get that right." Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I missed on that one. I mean, nobody picked the Jets to beat the Packers. Nobody did. But if you saw the or Jets cover. beat the Packers, if you saw that, and you think that they can't beat the Broncos, you you you've diluted yourself. You have you have. You have decided to be willfully ignorant of the NFL because the Denver Broncos, while they are, I guess, a favorite or a pick em, they should not be. They should not ah. be in this game because nope. the Jets just went to Green Bay and beat Aaron Rodgers. And I know that no, they, they,
2: they didn't just beat, they flogged it was, Aaron Rodgers.
0: It uh, was a beat down of Aaron Rodgers. And I know Rodgers doesn't have his weapons, right? It, that's the thing. Rodgers doesn't have his weapons. You're right. He doesn't have his weapons. But you know what he has? He has Aaron Rodgers. He's Aaron Rodgers. And we've always said this. A great quarterback makes a good team. Even, even on a bad team, a great quarterback makes a good team. Makes me question what's going on with Russell Wilson a little bit. Because, whoo But, if they could Packers do that to Aaron, very good. if they could do that to Aaron Rodgers they could do that to the Denver Broncos i have no doubt in my mind that they could do that it'll be a defensive battle it'll be a bit of a slugfest if you will but i do have a score prediction and it's going to sound awful similar to a lot of my score predictions this year would you would you like to hear it i'm sure it'll be the sim similar or the same as mine yeah i went 17-13 jets remember i gave them a, i gave the broncos a touchdown on that first drive and then they played like the Broncos the rest of the way. So I feel like 17-13 Jets feels about right.
2: Twenty fifteen Jets. Ooh,
0: 20. You give you're giving the Jets 20 points. Uh-huh. Wow. Because they get a special teams touchdown. A special teams or I would I could even see a defensive touchdown here. Pick 6. Why? Well, I, I special team I
2: mean the Jets blocked two kicks last week. They blocked a field goal and they blocked a punt. The Jets special team special teams are they're for real. And Denver's Suck again, which I don't understand. So they so get so much. They're practice. going to get a block. They're going to get a blocked punt.
0: That just so makes that, no that's sense. where that's where the Jets get that twenty from, and no, the Broncos take kick that. five field goals. Ooh,
2: that's you don't where even the 15
0: get comes that's. From. You know what? There's your bold prediction. They don't even get one touchdown. Not even one. Not even on the first drive in the first quarter when they seem to play okay. That's a. That's a. That's a bold I think, I, I,
2: here's my bold predict Hackett tries a sixty-eight yard field goal. Oh.
0: Did he trade for Justin Tucker this week? Not and not at the end of the second quarter. Like just what? Like middle of the third for fun middle of the first. Oh, early on. Okay. So after they score their first touchdown, he goes for a 68 yard field goal. The communication
2: with Jerry Rosberg breaks down. His mic stops working. So it's like Wayne's world where Wayne tries to, he's he's going through the drive-through and he tries to get,
0: yeah cheese and fries and the Coke and was that a double cheeseburger large fries <laughs> like oh you nailed it all right good stuff so Jerry
2: so Nathaniel Hackett will think that Jerry Rosberg said don't Rosberg will say don't kick the 68 yard field goal he won't hear the don't and he'll hear kick
0: a 68 yard field goal I really don't want that to happen I think that would be very frustrating oh god all right uh, let's let's take a break let's 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 cool off a little bit we'll come back we'll do our whip around the league uh we'll check out the AFC west and what's going on there and then we will I'm not even going to say it not even going to say it All right, and let's take a look at the uh, AFC West games. There's uh there's there's three others uh going on because everybody plays this week unlike last week with the bye. Uh first off, we got uh Texans Raiders. Um god, that's a, that's a game I don't want to watch. So
2: <laughs> I think the only thing that I will predict for this game is that the Texans will cover. Cuz as I said when the Broncos played them in week 2, this is a scrappy team that has a very good defense and Davis Mills really doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, he has he has the inclination to do it, but for the most part, he doesn't really. And this Raiders defense sucks, minus Max Crosby. So, I, I just I, I think it's going to be a tight game, and I think the Texans, the spread is at seven. There's no way that, there's no way the Raiders beat the Texans by more than a touchdown.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on that, and and quite frankly, the Texans are scrappy because their coach is scrappy, and and we talked mm-hmm. about Lovey Smith when the Broncos were getting ready to play the Texans, and, and I I will stand by this, Lovey Smith is a scrappy head coach who understands the game and is able to do certain things that help uh, make his team better. You know what I'm saying? And so so to me, he's what makes them go in in a word, and so I I could see them. Giving the Raiders a run, I'm not sure they beat the Raiders, but I do think that they are scrappy enough to, as you said, they they will cover. So, uh, makes sense to me. Uh, the next one that I want to talk about, I'm just gonna go straight to Seahawks Chargers. We'll talk about the the Chiefs and Niners next, but Seahawks Chargers. The Seahawks are playing better than we predicted they would play, um, which I don't like, but the, they've been pretty good. The Chargers, I, I don't know. The Chargers almost charged against the Broncos. It's not like they were. Uh, a team that looked like they should have won that game. I didn't walk away from that thinking the Chargers were all that great. I, I might actually pick the Seahawks to win this game.
2: No way. The way that <laughs> that that Chargers defense is going to shut down Geno Smith. You still have to deal with Khalil Mack. And I think Justin Herbert's going to get a huge bounce back on offense because I think Keenan Allen will play. And that Seahawks defense is going to get picked apart by Justin Herbert, especially if Keenan Allen plays. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna have
0: somebody to stop both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in that secondary. I think that's a valid point, and I and I will say that if Keenan Allen is out there, they become a much more dangerous team. I mean, obviously Austin Eckler is very good. Obviously that defense has uh, very good players on it. So I, I get where you're coming from. There's just something about this Seahawks team that they they've come into this season with the proverbial chip on their shoulder. Uh, they're not a great team, but they they are kind of in the same vein as the Texans, very scrappy. And they've had better outcomes, so uh, I could see I could see them winning this game. That's I, maybe that's how I should say it. I'm not saying that I'm gonna bet the Seahawks, but I could certainly see them coming away with a win here. Uh, it might be one of those upsets that we saw a lot of last week. Uh, and then obviously the last game in the AFC West is Chiefs 49ers. And you said this before, um, you know, as we were getting ready to come back from our little break here. How is this not the Sunday night game? And and once again, as you look at the schedule. The the primetime games this week are garbage. And you've got the Chiefs and 49ers sitting out there. One of the best defenses in the NFL, the best offense, or one of the best offenses in the NFL. And you don't want that on at 720 at night or 820 at night or 620 at night, I guess, depending on where you're listening. Uh, but primetime on Sunday or primetime on Monday, you don't want the whole world to be able to watch just that game. I don't get that.
2: I don't either. It's going to be a great game. I think the Chiefs have the edge. I think their defense is slightly better than the 49ers' offense, so I that's where I think the the, the advantage is. I and we'll see. I, I think if Joey Bosa plays for the 49ers, if he's able, or Nick, Bosa, say, if Nick Bosa, Nick is able to come back, I think that helps the 49ers' defense. But I I still the way Patrick Mahomes is playing right now with this offense, it's going to be very difficult for the 49ers to keep up with them it should be a good game i i I think with the spread the way it is right now i would bet that i would bet the chiefs at two and a half they're the two and a half point favorite if it gets up to three i wouldn't touch it because as i've been saying throughout the course of the season the two and a half is the perfect the perfect line as is the six and a half
0: two and a half six and a half nine and a half those are your numbers write them down write them down everybody because those are good ones but yeah i just that looks like a fun game to watch. I, I will definitely have my attention there uh you know, after the you know, after watching the Broncos game as well. Actually, to be quite honest, I probably won't. I'm gonna be at a, a race in, uh, in in Austin, Texas this weekend. So I, I I will have my attention mostly on the race. But I have my phone, I'll be paying attention. But uh, you know, can't, it can't be in two places at once, so it'll be a little bit difficult. But but that is going to be an exciting game. Um, other, any other games that stand out that we want to talk about here? It's, once again, the schedule just, I mean, I'm looking at these games and nothing jumps out at me as, Oh my gosh, I got to watch that game.
2: I will I told this to you during our break, the six and a half number right now for the Bengals and the Falcons, Marcus Mariota and the Falcons are six and zero oh against the spread. If that number gets up to seven, I would consider it for the Falcons. Because I, I think once you get to the seven point, I don't know if the Bengals are going to be able to beat this Falcons team by more than a touchdown. Because this Falcons team is scra- – talk about another scrappy team. This Falcons team is scrappy as hell. Because they they came back against Tampa Bay and, and the, against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They just went on the road, and I don't remember who they beat last week. But they won that game. I mean this team obviously if you're 6-0 against the spread
0: you're doing something right. They they beat the 49ers at home last week. I mean that, that well, there season, you go. 28 to 14. It was and and Marcus Mariota had a pretty good game against a really good defense. So I, I, you know I look at this Falcons team and and they I they could be they could be anybody. You know they 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 could beat anybody and they could get blown out by anybody. That's that's how sort of Big the swing is for them right now. I I do think Plus, that
2: uh, minus the being blown out part, <laughs>
0: because they're six and zero against the spread. Right, exactly. So just just ignore that part of it. But they could lose to anybody. They could beat anybody. They could lose to anybody. They're they're sort of one of those teams. I do think that against the Bengals, with as good as their defense has been playing, and as bad as the Bengals' offensive line is, to me, that's a spot where you could look at that game and go, yeah, the Falcons are a team that's going to. Uh, not just cover, I think they could win this game. Now, I, I'm a big believer in this Bengals team as far as what they can do and what what they can accomplish, but they're still very flawed. And they've overcome some flaws. That doesn't mean they're going to continue to overcome some flaws. Uh, so I, I, I'm not telling you where to bet on that one. That's, that's not what I'm saying here. But the Falcons do look like, I know that's another sort of upset special, if you will, uh, going into that one. I did sort of, I, I wanted to mention the fact that the Packers get the Commanders this week they get a little bounce back opportunity, especially with uh, the you know the fact that the Commanders are just you know they've got you know injury issues. They're, they're is Carson Wentz even going to play? He's having surgery, right? So he's not. He's having surgery. He's he's not he's not available. Not that I'm maybe that's an upgrade. Who knows? But uh, we we dogged on the uh, Packers a little bit when we talked about how they lost to the Jets. The Packers have a, a chance at a bounce back game there. That's i would be interested to see how Aaron Rodgers recovers. If you will, because they're they don't look like the Packers have looked over the course of the last ten years. They look terrible, and I don't know if that's going to continue or not. Yeah, I agree with that. And then the, the other game that
2: I'm looking at is the Panthers and the Bucks. The Panthers are a dumpster fire inside of a dumpster fire. I just don't think Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are that good. So I, I the the spread is eleven. I don't think there's any way that the Buccaneers, the way they're playing right now, beat the Panthers
0: by eleven points. No, gosh, no. I think you're absolutely right about that. So so there is that. Um I think that's I think that's it. Here's here's what I'll tell you, Broncos Country. In my, my opinion, if the uh, Broncos can get 20 points, then they're gonna come away a winner. I, I just don't think they can get 20 points. Go abs.